as we enter into this Ascension Sunday, one thing that's really important for us to do is to just relate what go, what's going on in our lives, because we know that Jesus often used parables to help people understand. And so often I feel like this is one of the solemnities that the church gets wrong or people don't seem to fully understand. And can we ever understand it? I don't know. But I think it's really important that we just kind of take the day-to-day stuff and, and relate it to God and ask him to, in essence, baptize it to help us lift it into the heavenly realm of what he desires for us. When I think of the ascension, uh, I just think of those videos. I don't know if you've ever seen them before, but uh, someone's in the military or they've been on a trip for a long time. And they're either at an airport or they pull into the driveway and there's people waiting there with signs, just wanting to be reunited. And there's this joy, and sometimes you see a little girl or a little boy, and they're just like, just jumping. There's this joy, this energy, just wanting to be with their mom or their dad or their brother or their sister they haven't seen in such a long time. And sometimes they, 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 get, they get a glimpse, and they drop the sign, and they just book it and run. And I often think this is how excited the father was to be finally be reunited with Jesus after he sent him to die for our sins, but to be reunited so he could give us that joy. The joy that Jesus and the Father shared is, 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 is love. It's so powerful, it can't be contained, and it needs to be poured upon everyone else. Jesus and the Father, the love between them is the Holy Spirit. And that's what we prepare for. So you have to think about this. When Jesus is going through his life after the resurrection, there's this excitement in him when he's speaking. It doesn't sound like it, but if you enter into the mystery of what is actually going on in these Gospels, it doesn't make much sense. He tells the 11 to go to Galilee, and you're kind of like, well, why would you go to Jerusalem? Well, if you've ever been to the Holy Land, you don't really want to go to Jerusalem because it's all rock, it's all sand. It's actually not that beautiful. But if you've been to Galilee, there is water there, it's green, it's luscious, there's life there, and there was a mountain there that Jesus often went to go pray at. So it should be the same for you and I, to have these places where we can be reunited with the Father through the sacrifice of the Son so he can pour his spirit of joy upon you. And again, I mentioned just taking these, these things and relating what's normal to us and asking the Lord to baptize them. So if you don't know anything about me, I play college baseball. My family, we're baseball nuts. My brother-in-law is like, do you talk about anything besides Jesus and baseball in my family? And usually it's like, no, we don't. So when I think of uh, the ascension, I automatically go to, to a baseball diamond. So I just want to give you an image, love images, to help you maybe understand the Paschal mystery, because so often we use words and we don't really understand what they mean. And Jesus said, teach them to observe all that I've commanded you. To teach. Home plate. That's where you and I belong. That is, that is heaven. That is our goal, right? And if you go from home to first base, that's like the life of Jesus. But we also want to share in his life, right? We spend time with the scriptures. We spend time in meditation. We spend time in retreat. We spend time simply with him. First base to second base is the death of Jesus. Knowing and dealing with what our sins have done to him. Because there's nothing more gripping than watching something like the passion. And 
knowing that so often I am, I am so like Peter, I am like the apostles, I abandon Jesus. Because I don't want to look at how much he loves me and what my sins have done to him. I don't want to realize that when I sin, I'm the one with the whip in my hand scourging him. I don't want to hurt him. But then we know if we go to second base, we go from second base to third base would be the resurrection. To know this, this, this God who loves you, who went to war with sin and death, to win you back, to fight against powers that you and I can't fight against, he conquered it. Which means that there's hope for us. But he, he wanted to give us a gift by him going home, which would be third base to home, which is the ascension, which we celebrate today where he's lifted up. And the father, I think we just have to have so much compassion for the compassionate father. He's waiting for his son, just being away, seeing what he went through for your sins and my sin, to take on all the sins of the whole world. And Jesus was with his apostles before he ascended to the father. They worshiped, but they doubted. Like, could, like, could God really love me? Like, often when I imagine this, as Jesus approaches them, he says, all power in heaven and earth has been given to me. So go. You don't need a plan. You need to trust. Like, I'm going to give you the third person of the Trinity. I'm going to give you God. So what you have to do is to baptize them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And baptism was where God claims us as his own, as his beloved son or daughter. And some of you actually experienced that for the first time last night as Jesus was placed right before you. The Father spoke over you, and ergo, you get the Holy Spirit. You realize what, what Jesus has done for us is he's transferred us from the house of the evil one into the house of the Father, where he says, you are mine. You are a child of light. And he says some beautiful words to console us as he ascends the Father. But he says, Behold, I will be with you always until the end of the age. How is that possible? He didn't say the Father will be with you. He didn't say the Holy Spirit will be with you. He said, I will. The only way that makes sense to me is the Holy Eucharist. He's always with us in every single tabernacle, simply just waiting for us. And so often, as priests, probably the number one thing we hear confessed is impatience. Do we ever ponder, do we ever ponder like the Blessed Mother on the patience of Jesus waiting for you in the tabernacle, waiting for you in his word? He's so patient. He's always waiting for us. And there he is at home plate, waiting for you, always wanting to console you. So you can observe him as he observes you. So you can gaze upon him as he gazes upon you. And I just imagine as, as, as you kind of make this route through the Paschal mystery, he is simply just excited to be with you, to be reunited with you. And we get to experience that today in this holy mass. As you come down the aisle, it's like coming home where you're reunited with God. And all of this is only possible through the Holy Spirit. Every single sacrament relies upon the Holy Spirit 
which is why we celebrate Pentecost. Now, I'm not going to go into why I, I struggle, how we don't celebrate Pentecost. Have you been to a true Pentecost vigil? Seven readings. It should be really celebrated. This outpouring of the Holy Spirit should be celebrated like Christmas, like Easter. But for some reason, we just don't know the Holy Spirit. Or we don't acknowledge that we're receiving God in the Holy Spirit. But today we simply focus on the excitement, the joy that God has for you. And he has for me. Like it's almost hard for me to stand still because I just sense the Father so in love with you. To the point that if you were the only person on earth, he would have sent his son to go through that Paschal mystery, to go around the bases, to say every time he makes that turn, he was thinking of you. To console you, to give you confidence so you wouldn't doubt. My encouragement for you and my challenge, forever challenge for you, is to always pray those words, come Holy Spirit. We have to remember that the Father's mission is done. He sent his son. Jesus' mission is done. He's gone around the bases. He has conquered sin and death. He has risen. He has ascended to the Father. Now it's time for the Holy Spirit. And you don't know where the Holy Spirit is always. You can't see the Holy Spirit, often known as the breath or the wind. You don't know where the Holy Spirit will take you always. But the Lord just simply says, put your sail up and know that I am always with you. As we enter into this sacrifice, the Mass, we're called to do is to place any doubt, any fears, anything that is not of God on this altar and say, Jesus, you take care of it. And what you receive back through the power of the Holy Spirit is the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus. So what happens at Mass is you are wedded, made one with God, which is what the Father's wanted for all eternity. So surprise, when you get to heaven, when you get home, it's going to be a giant wedding feast. And we get to experience heaven on earth today in this Mass as you come down the aisle and receive the God of the universe. You don't need to be afraid. What we're called to do is to rejoice. That when he sees you, he gets excited. He's so joyful, and he wants to be reunited with you. So we just take a moment of silence to pause. And we just ask you, Holy Spirit, to come and fall upon us. Help us experience the joy of being united with the Father. Please pour forth your Holy Spirit so that we can go and make disciples of all nations, and we can teach, and we can behold the divine fact, the eternal fact, that you are always with us, and you desire to rejoice over us as your beloved son or your beloved daughter. So come, Holy Spirit, don't just change the way we think, but please change the way we live. Amen.